0: Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. The cream of the crop. <laughs> Bottle Badaboo, real guys in the roof, how you doing? Do I have everybody's attention now? This is the Wrestling With Edwards Podcast with your host, Scotty Wrestling. This week is episode 23, I believe. And, you know, we keep turning along here. I am proud of what this is becoming. And I hope, I hope you are still enjoying the show. If not, please feel free to let me know how I can fix it to better the experience. But... Let's, let's get into it this week. We actually have a lot. We have a lot from NXT, a lot from AEW. We have the NXT TakeOver to preview this week. So, lots lots of good stuff to go. Um, I will talk some stardom matches. So, giddy up. Let's get going. So, as always, we will kick off with Friday Night SmackDown. And it was another solid show by them. Nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, Edge made his final appearance of the week. Um, you know, he made the rounds after winning the Royal Rumble. And it did seem like he was going to make his decision on Friday night because Roman Reigns didn't want to wait. Roman Reigns was very adamant that he's the main event of WrestleMania. So Edge should not be picking anybody else. So he said he gave him to the end of the night to make the decision. Edge goes out there. Roman Reigns comes down. Uh, They're going back and forth. Edge, I got to give Edge credit here. What he's been able to do on the mic since his return last year even has been masterful. Uh, He's very good on the mic. He's probably the best promo in WWE today. Um, Either him or Reigns, I'd say and this was great um again he was going back and forth not really making the decision roman reigns was getting prepared to fight him he had he had sent jey uso to the back paul heyman to the back because edge pretty much called him out he said you need these guys with you for this like he was pretty much you know calling him out to be I'm scared of Edge. So he sends them to the back, and before we know it, Kevin Owens is turning Roman Reigns around, hitting him with a stunner, and calling it a night. So what I'm thinking is we're heading to an Elimination Chamber pay-per-view next Sunday. We could very well get a match that is maybe Edge and Kevin Owens versus... Roman Reigns and Jay Uso And if Jimmy Uso returns we could get A third person and that Third person very well could be Christian Perhaps so I'm very excited To see where this goes um, we also Had an incredible Triple threat match for the intercontinental Championship where Big E defended Against Apollo Crews and Sami Zayn Some excellent action In this um, there was a, Some good near falls before Ultimately Big E Planted Cruz in the middle of the ring to win the match. Uh, they, they're they still kind of protecting Sammy, Which is notable. Because I think Sami Zayn is one of the best they have. And he deserves to go places. I don't know where. Because the Intercontinental Championship seems like his spot. With Roman Reigns being the heel champion of the brand, Um, so that's not going to happen anytime soon, even though that would be a fun program, so I am wondering what's next, but Big E has been a great intercontinental champion to this point, and I think that's a credit to him, it's a credit to him because that title at times has not mattered at all, but he is making it feel like it matters each and every week, this coming week, we will have the return of the Messiah, Seth Rollins returns to Smackdown, Finally, uh, we got teased back at the beginning of the ye- uh, year that he was going to be coming back. And then that kind of just died down. Um, they kind of just stopped advertising it. He returned in the Royal Rumble. But this will be the first time he's on SmackDown since before Survivor Series. So it's been a long time coming. Uh, just a few raw thoughts this week, not many as it wasn't a massively good show by any means, um, I just want to talk about the Keith Lee and Bobby Lashley and Matt Riddle stuff because I thought this was the best part of the show, uh, we got Matt Riddle versus Keith Lee for the very first time in WWE, they had an excellent match, this was Keith Lee's first match back, first day back in almost, almost a month, um, he had to be out due to a few things. I'm not, I'm not really sure what the situation was at the beginning, but I know um, his girlfriend Mia Yim did announce that she had COVID, so that definitely led to him being out the past couple weeks. And missing the Royal Rumble, but it was nice to have him back. He kind of he looked like a beast in there. Him and Riddle had a good back and forth match, uh, and he ultimately won with the Spirit Bomb. Uh, this kind of set him up for a sh- opportunity at the United States Championship, which is Bobby Lashley's. Uh, Bobby Lashley came down to the ring and wrecked both of them. And now at Elimination Chamber, we get a triple threat match between Bobby Lashley. Keith Lee and Matt Riddle For the United States Championship so I think that match Could be the match of the night Now the card isn't full yet I think Only Raw has matches on the Card right now it's that Lacey Evans versus Oscar for the Raw Women's Championship which is a Crime that we don't want to Talk about right now and The Elimination Chamber we Do have our Elimination Chamber Match for the event as Drew McIntyre will defend the WWE Championship against all former world champions, which is what it is. Um, a lot of people have been complaining. I like the elimination chamber. I do like the new actual chamber. I know a lot of people miss the old one, but I think the you know the new one's safer. Um, it fits the new generic mold, so it makes sense. Uh, he will defend against Randy Orton. Yay, Jeff Hardy, The Miz, Sheamus, and AJ Styles It could be a pretty good match Um, Elimination Chambers don't usually leave me unentertained I'm usually always entertained by them I should be this time Uh, Sheamus, you know, intrigues me in this match Because it looked like him and Drew would be facing off for the title here So this was kind of stunning And, you know, Drew has had a pretty forgettable run as WWE Champion, if we're going to be honest. Um, And it's not really his fault. The challengers they've given him have been pretty suspect most times. Uh, He had a feud with Dolph Ziggler. I think his best feud as Champion was with Bobby Lashley. So... If he loses in this, it is what it is. And, you know, if they want to give him the big WrestleMania win, winning the title back, that's fine by me. Yeah, I think Sheamus would be a good good choice for him to win it from. If that's how we're going to tell the story here. And I'm fine with that. Now. Raw... Continues to have a lot of problems. It wasn't good this week. And it didn't even include Alexa Bliss and The Fiend. Who I have put a lot of the blame on. And I will still put the blame on them. Even when they're not on the show. Because it's the feud with Randy Orton. That has dragged the show down. And Randy Orton ending the show again this week. Doesn't help. It doesn't help. Uh, clearly, we're going to a Fiend-Randy Orton match at WrestleMania, which is fine, but we need to—Randy Orton's going to take a break, I think, eventually soon, because that's what he does. I don't know. There's just something not clicking here. Randy Orton was really good last year. He was really good around this time. Uh, his stuff with Edge was good. Uh, he returned to being the legend killer. That was good. But it's it's gone. It's gone. And the Fiend feud is just brutally boring every single week. And every time I see Randy, that's the only feud I think about. That's the only thing I can think about because we know it's not done. It was literally last week that Alexa Bliss showed up in the match with Edge sat there, and then they kind of just didn't talk about it this week, which gave me hope that it might have been dropped. It wasn't clearly dropped. But I'm just trying to wonder, how do you fix Raw? I feel like I come on here every single week. How do you fix Monday Night Raw? And I don't think it's possible at this point. I do not think it's possible. I think... You know, you insert this new talent Uh, Damian Priest is now on Raw But when you put your championships, your main championships Asuka doesn't do anything on these shows That's not her fault It's the writing fault They don't give her anything to do And now that she has to face Lacey Evans For what I'm guessing is for the title And she's going to lose it, probably It's a joke The fact that we're about to have Lacey Evans as Raw Women's Champion is a joke. It makes this show worse. The feud between Charlotte Flair and Lacey Evans is absolute trash. No one cares. No one cares. The only good thing, which is the only thing I wanted to talk about this week when it came to Raw, but, you know, I'm going on this tantrum now, is Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley and the Hurt Business have been phenomenal. Phenomenal. And I think this triple threat is a way to move him up into a main event picture because that's where he deserves to be he has been masterful in the past year with MVP he is, you know, every time he has a match I feel interested because he's going all in and I don't know what you can do to save Raw more Bobby Lashley, more Hurt Business is an answer uh, less mistreatment of Oscar is an answer um, you know, I'm cool with pushing Damian Priest and Bad Bunny because I don't know, Bad Bunny's hysterical. Um everything he does every single week entertains me. Damian Priest looks pretty good so far. He's I mean, he's beaten is it he's beat, he beat Miz last week and he beat Angel Garza this week. So there's some build here, but there's a lot of work to do on this show and I don't know if they can fix it. Because they're giving people like Lacey Evans way too much light. No offense to Lacey Evans, she's probably a nice person, but she's not good at the whole wrestling thing. She's not. She's not good at it. And that's my problem. We keep putting people in position who aren't good at the professional wrestling aspect of this. And to me, it's not just the in-ring stuff, because I can look past the in-ring stuff if you're delivering on the microphone or some different way And wrestling your second thing. Listen, people praise, praise MJF on AEW. MJF isn't this world-class in-ring wrestler, but he's entertaining on the microphone every single week. That's what he's good at. That's my thing. You need to allow... These people that you have to show their pros and push the right people. I'm not gonna get into the ricochet stuff because that's what people like to talk about every single week. I feel like now, oh, ricochet is doing nothing. Oh, yeah, guess what? Once he couldn't, once I saw that he couldn't speak for the life of him, you knew it wasn't gonna happen. Now he's he's a good candidate to go back down to NXT or something. He's a great candidate for that, but. You do have people On this roster Women, men That deserve the spotlight And get nothing I have to listen to Nia Jax complain about her hole Now Her hole Now that was hilarious But I had to see a a Nia Jax versus Lana match Like what are we doing here Andrade One guy that could Fill a picture on either raw or not on raw on in the main event or the mid card if you push him correctly angel garza another one i don't understand what they're doing with garza he's pretty good on the mic you know he is very good in the ring i don't get it like uh we haven't seen braun strowman since the rumble very weird and i'm not even a big braun strowman fan but he does things the right way and what you'd want out of him Now again I'm not complaining I'm not like crying for him to be on there But it just It makes no sense to me It makes no sense to me Uh, You know John Morrison has been with Miz for How long now John Morrison could easily be a main event player But instead he's the lackey To the shitty Miz Like There's your problems You have these people And you're holding them back So that you can push Who? So that you can push Who? Like it's There's no reasonable explanation As to why They aren't pushing certain people Now don't get me wrong Raw's roster compared to Smackdown and NXT Is weak It's not even like they have a ton of options On their show to fill in with and Ricochet, that's why people bring him up because you look at Raw, you look at how bad it is, and like, why isn't he being successful? I don't know. I don't know. I would, yes, I would push Ricochet because he's incredibly talented in the ring, and I don't think his mic work is as bad as we act. But for WWE purposes, it is. I don't know how to fix Raw without purging NXT. I really don't. Because NXT has a lot of people, especially in the women's division, that would help this show incredibly. But I also don't want to purge NXT. It's a matter of building your stars the correct way. And the problem is Vince McMahon has his own idea of who a star is. While the fans agree that Ricochet is a star and Dry is a star... He sees the Braun Strowman, the Lacey Evans as stars. And I even said bring Braun back because he does what he needs to very well. I'm not even a Braun fan, but, and I'm complaining about him now because, you know, we build him every single time to be this like monster and then he loses. So his story is just ridiculous, but. There's been a lot bad With Monday Night Raw for a very long time And I don't think they can fix it Until Vince McMahon steps down I do not Because the way he looks at it Or or, Either he steps down Or they purge Smackdown and NXT Which is not An answer to me You have talent in place I do think that Adding uh, two women to the Raw roster Would be very ideal for them Because the Smackdown women's roster is not the biggest roster in the world But they make it work They make it work every single week And you're entertained So I'm going to stop talking about Raw I don't want to talk about Raw anymore I was going to talk about Raw for two minutes Turned out to be ten minutes Let's talk about good stuff because when I started this podcast, my goal was to only talk about good stuff. But Raw pissed me off to the point where, you know, we have to do more than that. So, let's get back into the scheduled stuff. I can't have to stop saying stuff. We are going to talk stardom now. Because that is good. Uh, a lot of this weekend stuff, the last weekend stuff, the, what I want to talk about here, I keep saying stuff, it's really bad, is Julia's work with Una- Unagi Sayaka. Um, they had a tag team match was well, it last weekend, and then this past weekend they had a, the singles match uh, to start Unagi's seven match series, I believe, as a single star. And what Julia showed to me in both was that she can just be the baddest bitch on the planet. And I think that is the best version of Julia there is. I don't think, like, a lot of people do complain about certain matches she does. So they complain about her because they're just not fans of her. I am a fan of hers. And this is the best version of her there is. The ruthless... Confident heel champion that is who Julia's best as, especially when she's ruthless in the ring. She was no selling the shit out of a lot of Unagi stuff, but I think what that helps with is when Unagi finally gets to that point of being able to beat her, it will be fantastic. The fans will react great. Like, that's I think that's how you use your champion against such a new competitor. I know Unagi's not new in terms of like... She's not like wicked, wicked young or anything. But she's new in terms of stardom. She's new in the ring even. And I'm a big fan of Unagi. I think she's going to be very good. I think she's a star in the making. And this was a star-making performance both nights. Now... The singles match I loved because Julia just wasn't having it. But Unagi came close once or twice. She came very close to pulling off the upset, which is a major upset because Julia uh, Julia's the Wonder of Stardom champion. So that's automatically a huge upset. So they came close. And ultimately, the ending was perfect in my eyes. So she locks her in a headlock. And I'm sitting there thinking, when do matches ever just end when someone locks them in a headlock? And slowly, this headlock became a sleeper. And soon, Unagi was out. And that is what I think was so great about this match. It It was old school in a sense. Old school because you had this Mega champion facing A inferior Opponent I don't think that's the word But a lower opponent Someone that isn't ready For the title but they're gonna Stand up for what they believe in They're gonna fight and this match Was one of my favorites of The week um with we can Also talk the match from sea letting I still don't know how to Say it I don't I don't I'm sorry um, when Nene Takahashi and Arise, Arisa Nakajima faced Saya Ida and Momo, this match was also great. Um, what the takeaways I have from it are: I need Momo versus Arisa Nakajima right now. Like, give it to me, ASAP. Um, Saya Iida is getting better and better. Momo versus Nene is gonna slap. And imagine if they did this match, and no offense to Saya, if they did Azumi instead. Momo A Z would have been great in there against these two. And I hope, I hope this relationship that they're they've clearly created leads to that down the line. Because Momo and Azumi versus Arisa and Nene would be fantastic. It would be so good and that's what I'm hoping for. Uh I can't wait for the shows this weekend because this weekend we have Azumi versus Siri who's get, which I expect to be awesome. We have Julia versus Starlight Kid, which I'm excited for. Uh I believe Rin's teaming with Mayu. There is a lot of good wrestling this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. And I can't wait for it all. I feel like Kid in a candy store when it comes to good wrestling So I will be talking about all that next week But let's continue on in our show And let's get to All Elite Wrestling Watched the whole show this week uh, quick, A few quick notes before really diving in uh, Darby Allen defeated Joey Janela I do not like Joey Janela So I didn't really watch the match I just saw the end It was probably fine uh, but let's when I say uh, also team K uh, Taz, fuck whatever. Uh, they put Darby Allen in a body bag, tied him to the car, and drove off with him. Wild, just a wild decision. By the way, Phoenix should beat uh, Darby Allin. If it's not Phoenix, it should be Pac. Just wanted to put that out there. Uh, speaking of Pac, he's masterful in these matches he's having lately and everything he's really doing lately. Uh, last night, he faced Dolph Ziggler Light, uh, I mean Ryan Nemeth, for nothing. I mean, there was no title on it. I don't know what I'm thinking. In a singles match. It was pretty much a squash. Pac just absolutely destroyed him. Hit the black arrow. Locked in the submission. And that was over. I do enjoy what Pac's doing. I do enjoy what Phoenix is doing. Let's get Pentagon back to the States. So that. These three can take on the world. Because Death Triangle is my favorite part of AEW. Next week we're getting the Young Bucks. Versus Santana or and Ortiz. For the AEW World Tag Team Championships. I feel like I've been complaining about Santana and Ortiz for weeks. So, selfishly, I'm pretty happy. I am pretty happy that they're getting a shot. Now, of course, they're not going to win. That's not going to happen. But at least they're getting a match that they deserve. This match is going to be great. I'm very excited for it. But I wish... I wish there was a story behind them getting this match. There really isn't. That it's just the Young Bucks are angry about MJF and Jericho. Which is just stupid as shit. Um, the Hangman, Paige, girlfriend ex-girlfriend stuff with the Dark Order had me laughing. Uh, John Silver was like, oh hey, uh, Hangman, right? Like he was acting like he forgot his name. And then he's like, see you on the flip side. Ah. Idiot like there is really good comedy here and I'm wondering what we end up doing with Hangman but I am here for the ride after not enjoying it originally I am here for the ride. Sammy Guevara is a hero. He's a hero because he is put into motion. The end of the inner circle as we know it. This is what I've been asking for weeks because the inner circle is holding certain people back while pushing other people forward. Sammy Guevara quit. Done. He said he was going to quit if MJF pulled any more shit, which he clearly did. He tried to record Sammy Guevara saying he hated Chris Jericho, and that was not the truth. Guevara quit. Uh, Jericho seems clueless. MJF, you could see, smirking behind him. So, clearly, the wheels are in motion for the ultimate breakup. And I do think at Revolution, we get a situation where the breakup is official. Jericho is clearly on his way to a babyface run of some sort. Uh, Hopefully, Sammy Guevara is, too, because I think he is an easy person to cheer for, even with the past that he had. um, You know, the one thing he said that ended up being suspended for. I think he's past that. I think he's grown as a human. And, you know, I want the inner circle to end because I think Santana Ortiz deserves more. I think Wardlow deserves more. I think Sammy Guevara deserves more. And the inner circle has been pretty stale the past couple months and i know they added mjf to n- fix that but nah it's not working for me i don't I don't need mjf and chris jericho versus the young bucks that is not a match that excites me and now it's a pay-per-view match so that's where I'm at uh let's get to the main event oh nope not the minute rat. The women's eliminator, is that what it's called? The AEW Women's World Championship Eliminator Tournament began on Dynamite as Thunder Rosa picked up the win against who the hell? Oh, uh, Layla Hirsch. Pretty decent match, not a bad start. Um, I have the full bracket in front of me, and we're going to go down it, and I'm going to announce my winner. So, again, the first match was Layla Hirsch versus Thunder Rosa. The winner of that will face Serena Deeb and Riho. That that match, I believe, is next week. I'm picking Riho for that one. Uh, Tay Conchi will face Nyla Rose. I'm picking the upset here. I think Tay Conchi will get the win. Dr. Britt Baker faces off with Anna Jay. We are definitely picking Dr. Britt Baker. In the first round of the Japanese side, which will air this Monday night at 7 on YouTube. We'll see Yuka Sakazaki face off with me. Saruga, I'm picking Yuka. Um, Veni will face Emi Sakura. I'm picking Veni. Maki Ito, my, you know, someone I hope will have great success. Face off with um, Ryo Uzanami. I'm picking Maki. And the legend Aja Kong will face off with Rin Kadukora. I'm picking I'm picking Aja Kong. Um, from that I would have Thunderosa versus Riho. I'm picking Riho for that if that were to happen. I'd pick Britt Baker over Tei I would pick Yuka Sakazaki over Veni. I'd pick Makiito Over Aja Kong. And finally. If it all comes down to the way I think it is. I pick Riho. Over Britt Baker. I pick Yuka over Maki. And I ultimately pick Riho. To win the tournament. And get a shot. At Hikaru Shida's championship. So that's my thoughts on the tournament. I'm very excited for this thing. I know I'm very upset. That we're just putting the Japanese matches on. YouTube, But honestly this is what I expected Out of AEW I knew they weren't going to show taped uh, Shows on their Dynamite episodes Even though these women deserve to be on there And it's because they have live audiences If they didn't have live audiences I think it would be a different story Now let's get to the main event Of the evening Kenta of New Japan Pro Wrestling Teams up With Kenny Omega, the AEW World Champion in a Falls Count Anywhere match to take on former IWGP United States Champion Lance Archer and the reigning defending IWGP United States Champion John Moxley. This match was phenomenal. Uh, I gave it four stars. Um, That's really good for a tag team title match. Um, I don't really, my ratings aren't very high, like I am very strict. I have yet to go above four and a half this year, and that's not because we haven't had bad wrestling. Anything that's pretty much three and above, I consider really good to great, so just take that as a grain of salt. But this match had everything. Uh, they fought in a kitchen, they fought around the arena, Um, they Broke through tables, they went through a bed There were potatoes You couldn't complain here Uh, The Good Brothers ultimately came in at the end To aid Omega In putting down Lance Archer Who looked like an absolute beast in this match by the way I feel like a lot of us Rightfully so Complain about the way AEW builds their Big men And this was a good Look At how they should do it Um, Even in defeat Lance Archer looked like a monster Um, It took Gallows Anderson, Omega And Kenta to take him down Ultimately And he hit a one winged angel for the pin And that was that Now I don't know Where we go next That could be it for Kenta On AEW Because um, the match with Moxley is in two weeks. It's on February 26th. Yes. So about two weeks. Thinking here in my head. How does this New Japan deal keep going? I don't think there's much more to it moving forward for right now. Especially with travel restrictions. But I am intrigued um, with Kenta being here over states. I'm wondering if he does defeat Moxley and bring the title to Japan. I think that's where we're going, but you never know. But AEW, another good week. Um, they continue to really bring me in as a fan. And I think this women's tournament... And the build to revolution is going to keep me intrigued. Even if they do some things wrong, they're doing more things right. And I can't complain about that. Finally, on to NXT. We have a lot to discuss. We have a lot to discuss. We had three semifinal matches To determine the finals for the women's bracket and the men's bracket. Let's start off with the men's bracket right now. In the match to kick off the night. And the tied for my match of the night. MSK faced off with Legado Del Fantasma. These two teams went balls to the wall from beginning to end. It was fantastic. MSK... Is so good. I understand if you watch Impact Wrestling. You very much know them as the Rascals. Uh, they are so good. They are exactly what AXT needed. In my opinion. Because the tag division was kind of going down. A boring road. And they still have so many. Matches to be excited for. Now they ended up winning the match. Um, Again this match was incredible. I would I highly recommend you go back and watch it. Three and a half stars for myself. It it really displayed the tag teams that they kind of have just fallen upon recently because Legado Del Fantasma are just getting better and better together. Uh jo- Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza are very good in their own right. They're very good together now. And this was great. This was really good. On the other side of the bracket you had Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. I feel like a lot of people have picked the Grizzled Young Veterans to not only get to the finals but to win it all and rightfully so I do believe the Grizzled Young Veterans will now win it all especially once Thatcher and Ciampa came in to eliminate the Undisputed Era I was like, okay, so this is where we're going. So, MSK versus the Grizzled Young Veterans in the final. That match is going to be great. In a few minutes, I will be predicting the result. On to the women's bracket. We had Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon face off with Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. few things from this match. First of all, it was very good. Second, Indy Hartwell is a star. I wrote an article late last year. Who's going to be the breakout star in NXT of 2021? And my number one choice was Indy Hartwell. And last night, to me, she showed that more than ever. Um, her presence, her ability in the ring. She's still very young. I believe she's only 24 years old. So there's still more work to be done. But she is a star star. And the end of the match was pretty interesting. She sacrificed herself to protect Candace Ray, but she was the legal woman in. So it was it was interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to how the way handled this. Uh, it was a really good match. Shotzi and Ember are going to the finals. They will face Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez on Sunday night. That match is going to be excellent. Now, a few, few points here. I've decided I every single week I think I like the way a little more. Um, I'm probably the only one that probably says that. I know a lot of others find them disturbingly annoying. I get that. But, I don't know. I'm slowly becoming a fan. Kushida is really good in his role right now. I do hope he wins the title, but I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I see it. I'll predict it in a few. Um, the rich man Cameron Grimes is the thing he bet on GameStop, and that was the funny pot. Um, I didn't expect this. I did not expect this to be the Cameron Grimes I saw. It could be a good. Um, it could be a good addition to his character, where his character didn't really make sense. Besides him, straight to the moon. Like that's all he ever said. Now that he's a rich man, I could get behind like this heel cocky because he doesn't look like he should be a rich man. Like that's the point of the whole gimmick. And I I am very entertained. I am entertained. I'm gonna keep watching and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. Finally, Zia Lee is on another level right now. Now her matches nearly last a minute. If not less. So it's not like she's having these amazing matches. But these... She's showing what she's able to do in there. And this character work is excellent. I don't even remember what their group's called. But Xia Lee is a star. She deserves greatness. And anything less will be wrong. That's where I'm at. Uh, NXT is building their characters like they should be. And I think they lost that for a while. But they're building... These people—they're building the ones that you don't know, well, saving the ones that you do know. The undisputed Arrow weren't on the show at all this week. They're not on Takeover next week. They were completely held out of. I think that's smart. It keeps them fresh. It keeps them fresh, and you don't need it, it. You have to allow these other stars to shine. And I think that's brilliant. Uh, this will be MSK's first Takeover event. I believe this is the Girl really Young Veterans 2nd. Like, there is good things going on here. Um, we only have five matches on Takeover this week. And and that's ultimately where we're headed. This is the NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day preview. NXT TakeOver Vengeance would have made more sense, but that's fine. I know it's on Valentine's Day, so you got to do what you got to do. But I am very excited for the show. The card itself looks like an old-school TakeOver card. And when I say old-school, I mean about two, three, four, five years ago. Like, before the past, like, two years. This feels like a card everyone should be excited to watch I have no doubt in my mind it will have at least one four-star match. That is my confidence level in this card, which is, I think that's saying a lot. Um, for others, it could have a five. I don't know. But I'm excited. Let's start with the finals of the men's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Did I say May Young Classic earlier? I might have. I meant Dusty Rhodes either way. We have the Grizzled Young Veterans versus MSK. MSK have boomed onto the scene. They debuted in round one of the tournament, and they have yet to lose. That being said, this year is the year of the Grizzled Young Veterans. They will earn a shot at the NXT Tag Team Championships, and I believe they will win those NXT Tag Team Championships Setting up for a rematch down the line between them and MSK. Where MSK do eventually beat them for those titles. But I do believe the right decision is Grizzled Young Veterans. They got to the finals last year before losing to Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle. So I think this is the way to go. I think having the traditional tag team on both sides is brilliant. And I think this match is going to be... Match of the night I think this has All the potential to do that I think it will Be the match of the night On the other side You have the finals Of the first ever Women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic It was announced on Wednesday night That The winner will officially get a WWE Women's Tag Team Championship opportunity And when I originally Predicted this tournament once upon a time I did pick Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. But that was when Asuka and Charlotte Flair were the tag team champions of the world. Now that they are not, I do believe that Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon will become the first ever winners. They will go on to win the tag team titles, bringing those to NXT for most weeks. And I think that's the smart way to go here. Now, Raquel Gonzalez could also get another feather in her cap of the cap that they continuously build until she finally gets her match with the Oshirai. So that's a possibility. But I do think Shotzi and Ember Moon are the way to go here. And they should win those tag team titles afterwards. You have the NXT North American Championship. Johnny Gargano defends against Kushida. Kushida. Has been on a roll. He has had the number of Johnny Gargano almost every single week. Johnny Gargano tried to get out of the match. He faked an injury. He did everything he could to try to get out of it. That being said, I am picking. Johnny Gargano to retain the NXT North American Championship. I don't know why. I think Kushida's time is here. But my brain my brain says Johnny Gargano retains. I could see him lose to Bronson Reed or someone like that. I don't know what their plans are with Kushida. He should be champion. But I I can see the way getting involved somehow. And I ultimately think that's how. Gargano retains. This match could be the match of the night if they keep it straight up. We have the NXT Championship on the line as Finn Balor defends against Pete Dunne. First time ever. First time ever. I'm taking Finn Balor. I don't think I don't think Pete Dunne is winning this NXT Championship. Um, I'm wondering, do we go to Karen Cross right after this? Because it make a lot of sense. I just know Finn's winning. Finn has been a very good champion since coming back from his jaw injury, and his takeover matches have been really good. Uh, Or special, Uh, NXT special, New Year's Eve was a special. But I think this match has a lot of the same qualities that the Kyle O'Reilly Finn Balor matches had. So I'm excited for that. I do think Finn Balor walks out and still champion and should eventually face Karrion Cross if I had to guess. And finally, the main event, or in my mind... The main event, but they probably will do the men's match. Io Shirai defends the NXT Women's Championship against Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm. This has everything you want. This has three badass individuals, it has a dominant champion, someone Beth Phoenix called a generational talent in Io Shirai. I mean, Io Shirai's my girl so you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go against that by any means Uh you have Io Shirai defending and Mercedes Martinez has worked hard to get this opportunity I thought at one time she was gonna be the one to dethrone EO and then they did what they did with Raquel Gonzalez and that kind of yeah, I realized where we're going but Mercedes has a good shot and then Tony Storm. Tony Storm's a former NXT UK champion. She has beaten Io Shirai in the past. May Young Classic, two. She beat her in the finals, so she has the number. That being said, I am picking Io Shirai to successfully retain the NXT Women's Championship, showing that she can take on all competitors. And it won't be until the next TakeOver, I believe, that she does lose the title. And after that, I don't know what's next for Io. But Io has been so good as champion, I think it'd be a shame to end it now. So that, without further ado, is the NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day preview and predictions. And with that, the show is over. Go home. Goodbye. Um, if you want to follow me, you can follow me at Scotty Wrestling on Twitter. S C O T T Y W R A S S L I N. You can check out all of my articles at LastWordOnProWrestling.com. Nope. That is not that anymore. Last word on sports.com slash pro wrestling. Got a few good things coming up, so be sure to check that out. Otherwise, be safe, wear your masks, and have a good week, everybody. i